I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. An Erio's original. I wonder if you're... I don't know if I would say you have an obsession with nostalgia, but let's just call it obsession for lack of a better word. Maybe it has to do with loyalty to your inner child. I think one could maybe make that argument. I've always said like when I was seven or eight years old watching Saturday morning cartoons or playing with action figures, I feel like I was at my happiest. Yeah. And so it's just kind of constantly trying to reconnect to whatever that feeling was. Kyle Mooney is with us today, and Kyle is my a friend who I feel like I've known for longer than I have. Maybe because you've lived in my house. I've spent a lot of time in your home. Which makes me feel close to you, but also, I guess, I don't know, I have known you maybe for like five years now. That's probably accurate, and I bet like, I feel like I knew of you before I knew knew you. Really? I was like popular. A lot of people were talking about you. Oh my God, that's so (laughs) tight. Well, I wanted to um, have Kyle on the cast, the P cast, to talk about two things at least. But one of them was nostalgia as like one of Kyle's hobbies. Like what you were saying about that episode of Berenstein Bears, that book, that episode of that book. In case the listeners didn't catch it, that was, I believe it's called Berenstein Bears and the Bad Dream is the specific one I was referring to. Yeah. And like what Kyle loved most about it is like his movie, Brigsby Bear, which is cool because I think you never realized that until I just said it. Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. But it is like you created this whole little made up universe that seems nostalgic, but it was brand new. In the same way, like with the Berenstein Bears book, I'm a, I was really into, even as a kid, like in this one specific book, there are specific action figures that don't exist in our universe, but exist for the Berenstein Bears universe. And there's a movie that exists just in this book. And I always like, like on Saved by the Bell, for instance, you would get these references to like celebrities in their world. Like there's like a Johnny Dakota episode. It's <laughs> supposed to be like, I guess, a Johnny Depp or River Phoenix or something like that. Totally. And there's an episode where... They're in a band, Zach, the Zack Attack band, and like a, a manager or like record label guy comes running by 
he says that he manages the beach buddies. He's like, and they're like, you manage the beach buddies? Like, oh yeah, but they're not buddies anymore. <laughs> but I just always loved like, okay, so there's like a fake beach boys in this world. I love that. So Paul hates it when we're watching a movie that's not, that's a fictionalized movie. And they're like, ooh, look, it's Brad Pitt. This is like such a bad right. example. No, I, but Paul's like, why? I don't understand. So Brad Pitt exists in her world, but she doesn't exist. Right. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But it is refreshing when when they make it up. It's yes, funny. Yes, it is. And it like is like a weird like kind of clue into the writer's room or something like right. that. All of a sudden you're like thinking about these like people coming up with maybe it's the Beach Buddies. And I get yeah, instead of the Beach Boys. Yeah, exactly. Let's say they're approached by the manager of the Beach Boys or like a band like the Beach Boys. Like that's a huge manager. <laughs> It's like the biggest <laughs> manager in the music industry. What is funny though too, because it's like, this is like, let's say 1991. It's like the Beach Boys certainly are iconic at that point. Right. But they're also like from like the oldie station. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like it's they're, like, they're, they're it's not that hip. Maybe it's Kokomo time. Yeah, exactly. But like. Yeah, I'm trying to think if like the kids like know that, which is just like, ins- there's no way they know that. He must say that information that he's associated with the Beach Buddies. Who aren't buddies anymore. But we don't see that much anymore because things are played to be so realistic that right. it's just completely takes you out of this world. Did you ever watch Out of This World? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's so good. It was so good. I, From what I remember. Yeah, I think that's about one of those powers. shows that like I've not revisited, but like it's just sort of like a kind of glossy memory. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. And that was... Um, was it Burt Reynolds who was the voice of her father? Dude, maybe. I don't even know. I just, I sing the theme song all the time. Would you like, like to swing, swing on a star? star? Whoa. Carry moonbeams up in a jar. What was it? I know we're swinging on a star. It gets all bluesy. Wait, like that's crazy if Burnt Reynolds <laughs> was... <laughs> that's my stoner name. Oh, that's good. Oh, okay. But yeah, so... I feel like when anybody mentions that show, then like somebody... If you're in like a circle of people, then the next show that's mentioned is Small Wonder. I feel like Small Wonder is like a big nostalgia. So here's my thing about nostalgia. I'm going to talk about my thing with it because I do want to talk about your thing with it. But I'm like, I love a deep cut. So to me, Small Wonder is like everyone's go-to. Like, it was so weird. Remember that show? And it's like, yeah, we all remember it. Obviously, it was like a girl robot. I watched it, but I wasn't crazy about it. Like, it just wasn't a great show at the time. It was like something that was on after Mr. Belvedere or something. So it was like, I don't know. I, I didn't love it, but... I also come from maybe like a different age group that when people are like Goonies, like remember Goonies? And I'm like, bye. Like I can't even, you know? So I'm like, I like the deep cuts. I like the weird trivia that I didn't know, like Burt Reynolds being the voice like that. And I like, like I posted on Instagram this poster, Wrinkles in Search of Cuddles, which I just saw and I thought it was super funny. And the girl from... Uh, Punky Brewster yeah. was in it, Margot, and Kyle was like, "Oh, I have like I have that poster and that 
movie on VHS. And I'm like, of course Kyle has this. <laughs> but it's a deep cut. Like, I've never seen it. Yeah, that was one of those that, like, they had the video at Blockbuster that when I was growing up, and I would just constantly rent it. I'm I'm weirdly, like, so I'm a, probably a couple years younger than you. Mm-hmm. But I've got two older brothers, and like I feel like I'm steeped in their nostalgia. Mm-hmm. So like, um, how old are your older brothers? I was old, born in '79. My oldest brother was born in '78, and my middle brother was born in '81. Yeah, and my sister was born in '74. So like, some of my stuff is her stuff like remembering it but mo- that has more to do that's more like when she was in junior high and high school i when i thought her everything she liked was really cool sure 74 75 sorry kate if i don't remember and you're listening to this but <laughs> anyway i know that you really like saved by the bell that was like a weird segue but i don't <laughs> know what else to say about that well, yeah. I like fine. Okay, so there's things that like I remember from when I was young that I feel like if I could just find it or find hear the song, I would sure. smell yeah. like being 2 years old again. There's this one video that we used to watch over and over again called Herself the Elf. And I've seen the toys, but I've never been able to find the video cuz we recorded over it, but I remember like the credits rolling. So I used to watch something that we recorded over. It was something I watched all the time. And when the credits rolled on herself, the elf that came up like after, you know, when you record, yeah, yeah, no, but so, I'm sorry, the, you recorded over herself. The so elf? I, we recorded over herself, the elf, but, but after I was credits. done, right. But we yeah, still yeah. got the credits at like the end. And there was a song that I always used to watch when it, at the end of this other thing that I recorded and I just maybe was too lazy to press stop or really, really enjoyed the song. Sure. And I feel like if I can find, I've never been able to find it ever, ever. I mean, I haven't searched for it in a while. I'll be on the, <clears throat> I'll be on the lookout. Is Herself the Elf it was an a animated thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was like a Saturday morning cartoon. Like this could have been like a one-off. A special. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there was one or five or 50. So I don't but know. But they had... If, Merchant, they had like paraphernalia. Yeah, so I've seen the toys before. Interesting. And I didn't have the toys. I just remember this song from the video. So like that kind of stuff interests me. Um, I still sleep with my baby blankets and they're like Snoopy and Woodstock, although now they just look like gray rags. But when I had them, when they were fresh, right. I mean, I still do have them, but when they were fresh, they were yellow and white with Snoopy and Woodstock and now they're they look like dirty dish rags, but I had been searching for those for maybe like thirty five years. And searching f- for new versions of them. Yes, you're saying? Yeah. and I found them when Mary was born. That's so sweet. And I have I bought them. They were like I found two, and I have two, and they were super cheap on eBay. But like Mary just doesn't. She's just not into them. But I just couldn't believe that I found them. Of course. That was like the, that's one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Absolutely. (laughs) It doesn't, it's like, it is just a thing. It's just. Yeah. But I I mean, there's so much loaded connection to it. But from, let's, from the time you were a little kid with the blankets to this point in your life now, 
what was happening to the blankets in between? Were you all, have you always held on to them? Yes. Was there okay? So I've been sleeping with them for forty years. Wow. Yeah, I love them so much. It goes Paul, Mary, Judy, blankies. And do you wash the blankets? Uh huh. Sometimes I put them in the freezer because I like it when they're cold. I've never heard of people doing that. And I also like I like it when they're very very wrinkly. So I like damp dry them and then I scrunch them up in a little ball and put them by my pillow. Is this like TMI? Because it's no, no. Gross. This is put them by my pillow and wait for them to dry so they're really really wrinkly because I like the feeling. There's something very soothing to me about the feeling of running my fingers through the wrinkles in search of cuddles. Every guy I've ever dated, I'm like, yeah, this is part of You got to deal with the blankets. Yeah. Sometimes when Paul is sleeping, I'll like tuck one in his arm so he can cuddle with it. That's very sweet. Yeah. And do you, are you okay? You're okay. Do you travel with them or do you keep them here? Um, It depends on how long I'll be gone for. So like when I was away this summer, yes, I took them with me. But if I go away for a week, I don't. Because my fear of being without them is not as big as my fear of something happening to them, losing them, getting luggage. You'd rather them be safe. Yeah. Like I, when I used to bring them in the car with me, I wouldn't let anyone open the windows because I was afraid they would fly out. Wow. So from your childhood home, you, you hold on to them, you take them to wherever you're... Sleepaway camp. I brought them. College had them, and it's Snoopy and Woodstock. The, they're on both blankets. Yeah, and then there's a third, which it has like a teddy bear pattern that's also faded. There's three. It's okay, this is news. A story. News to us. <laughs> we didn't know about the third blanket. So I know, I know. There is a third one. So I had three originally. The original three was the two Woodstock and. Snoopy and this pink one. The pink one is in the trunk in my den because it's made of a different material and it's very, very frayed. It's like basically falling apart. Sure. Like I'm hanging onto a ball of yarn. But so it's in the my nostalgia trunk. But then I found my sister's old blankie and I adopted that one when I was like seven. And now her my my sister's old one became the new original three. Um, it sounds complicated, it. but pink can't you, be touched. So here's my, my question is you're obviously incredibly connected to this stuff and it's meaningful to you and you don't want to lose it. Do you ever think about like what happens to this after me? I get buried with them. Okay. Really? Yeah. Other, if I, unless I get cremated in which they get cremated too. Or if somebody else loves them, I'll leave them to if if like Mary wants them when I die, then she can have them. Right. But, but then I it like still, can, but then them. it just like it, it's a it continues. Like, what do we do with the blankets? Do I do I hold on to my mother's blankets? I mean, that's something that they're gonna have to decide. Like, they're not. Eventually, they'll disappear <laughs> disintegrate <laughs> right right like they yeah i mean my thinking has always been they'll come with me that's great i love them so much 
Do you have anything like that? I mean, the most obvious thing I have in my apartment in New York is like a VHS collection, which is relatively deep. And then, how many would you say you had? I'm gonna full, fully ballpark guess. Let's say 500 or something like wow. that. Wow, but that could be totally inaccurate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like there are de- there's definitely like one large bookcase filled and then like several drawers throughout the house right with like videos in it and then like i even have some in storage here in la so like it just one it's one of those things that and i've pretty much stopped gathering them i don't really sometimes people will gift me videos but it's to a point like i can't deal with Mm -hmm. just the amount of space that they take up but yeah i guess there are other things that i have from like my childhood i'm trying to think besides photos i've been over the course of like my career i've been holding on to like scripts or flyers all with like the notion of i feel like this will do something for me someday like even if it's like a scrapbook or something yeah i have other things like that i guess it is about like not throwing certain things away, but also like I just got Mary a bunch of dollhouse furniture. Actually, didn't buy it for her. It was so Paul's mom has saved like him and his sisters all of their toys, which is awesome because I got Mary. I I took from their house all this dollhouse furniture that was the same dollhouse furniture I had in the eighties. Right, that's great. Which is my mom would never save that. Like, and I'm so glad that, that Jeannie saved it. I probably would have bought it or looked for it, but it would have been more expensive. And it's like, do I really want to buy this old shit for Mary? Cause it's more for me. Right. With certain things, like I got her like some old strawberry shortcake dolls because I think she would like to play with that, but it, it is more for me. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. And it's, I don't have children, but it's like something I am. (laughs) 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 I'm out of (laughs) here. But I've observed it with my older brother who has two kids. Like, you know, he, he did the eBay thing, like wanted to buy like the specific, like whatever it was, Fisher Price playset that he had. And like, I think there's also this like, let's watch these cartoons that I used to watch or these movies that I love. Right. And you kind of always wonder how, how are the children going to consume this? Is it going to stick with them? Is it going to be meaningful? Yeah. Like I grew up listening and watching free to be you and me, and I've tried to get Mary into it and she doesn't, she doesn't dislike it. She just doesn't, she's just not obsessed with it. Like she loves frozen. Yes. She loves cars. It could be because the only available, like free to be on YouTube, it just like looks like shit. Sure, sure. I can't find it anywhere else. Yeah, I do wonder like, I know I'm not the first person to like pose this question, but like for like those CG movies, like cars or frozen versus like whatever, like cell animation we watched as kids or whatever, like dumb live action stuff we watched. I do wonder if there's something that the kids are picking up on that, like some level of vibrance or imagery, like, like the way it's made that we don't 
we're not connected to, but I feel like when I see my niece and nephew watch those type of shows, just like the way they're glued to the TV is, yeah. is pretty insane. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's because they have more human emotions. They're able to copy human expressions better. Maybe it's because they're more, they're rounder. Sure. Like their and eyes. Not flat. Yeah. Yeah, it could be that it looks better. I mean, that's also relative. It looks crispier, maybe. I don't know. Because I don't necessarily think it looks better aesthetically. But is that because I just have a fondness for what I grew up with? And I think that the I think, graininess well, I mean, looks I think good? yes and no. I think like if you're talking about animation, I feel like if it's like Snow White or something like that, that was like the peak of animation generally but i think like saturday morning cartoons like is actually kind of shitty you know what i mean right right Uh, yeah that's so weird because immediately i thought of snow white and i'm like well that looks really pretty i don't know why i picked that one because it's not like i mean i guess i watched it a lot but i also watched cinderella right and most of those are like pretty they're really pretty yeah yeah like every frame is like a piece of artwork it looks like but I, i do think i do wonder about like I feel like this is like kind of a generation X and after thing, maybe where like parents really trying to put the nostalgic spin into their own children. Cause like, I don't know how much of my parents did that to me. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it would be like little, th- it would be like my dad being like, Oh, we got to watch Darby O'Gill and the little people. But <laughs> what was, is that? it was like a live action Disney movie with, I think Sean Connery's in it. It's a like a leprechaun movie. Right. But it's like, I don't think it, stuff is as special to like my parents. I can't speak for right the, the entire generation at, above us. But you know what I mean? Like It might depend on like what kind of person you are. Because I don't think my mom gives a shit about anything from that. she. I mean, she's really into music from her childhood and from her youth. But my dad, my dad would be like, oh, we have to watch Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Like, sure. if you want to get into scary movies, like, you have to watch The Shining. Like, you, we have to watch Yellow Submarine, which was, like, a mistake. Don't show that to your children. It's terrifying. The Blue Meanies. Dude, that, just the animation on Yellow, but he also, the animation for Yellow Submarine is, like, really scary. There's, like, the mouths, re, mouths are really big and smiley, and it still, like, makes me feel weird. But he was also, he's a dude who like collected animation cells and things from his youth. And he's like a... So he was connected to it. Yeah. And he still is. Like he saves things and always has. And But he also is really into like new technology also. So maybe it's just that's the kind of... he. My dad is sort of like a hobbyist or like... A collector, sure, kind of dude. Like if I go to a flea market, I'd much rather go with my dad than my mom. Like my mom wouldn't be as into it. But yeah, I think my parents are kind of like if I made a playlist on Spotify that has like songs by the Association or some '60s right. band or something like that, they'll be, they'll like sing along and be like, oh, you know, like yeah, it'll be more recognition and they'll have fun with it. But I don't think they're gonna like 
go on eBay tomorrow to buy like a bunch of association records or anything like that. Right. Whereas like my dad has definitely bought and sold stuff right. on eBay. So one of the things I was thinking about you and nostalgia, and I just wanted to bring this up and maybe, I don't know if you've ever thought this, but I consider you like one of the most loyal people I know. Like one of your, what, your main attribute I would say is that you're just such a loyal friend. You're like a very loyal person. Well, thank you for that's very sweet of you to say. Um, you're welcome. But also, I wonder if you're. I don't know if I would say you have an obsession with nostalgia, but let's just, just call it obsession for lack of a better word. Maybe it has to do with loyalty to your inner child. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think one could maybe make that argument. I've always said, like, for me. And maybe this ever maybe this is this is the way everybody feels, but like when I was seven or eight years old, watching Saturday morning cartoons or playing with action figures, I feel like I was at my happiest. Yeah, and so it's just kind of constantly trying to reconnect to whatever that feeling was. Um, That's really well put and so true. I think like nothing mattered except for fun stuff and playing and. I remember just feeling like so imaginative. Yeah. Cause you're creating these worlds with your action figures that you're basically playing God. Totally. And like, and that's really fun. So it's like, you know, in that sense, it's kind of like, Oh, the first time I ever had control over anything. Yeah. And then it, it does like spur, I guess this kind of connects and I've never made this connection, but to the Berenstein bears thing, like, I don't know if you did this, but I was always like, it's like once I got into the Beatles or something like that, or even if it's Star Wars, like I could like make my own version of that, like draw my own versions of that. Mm -hmm. So like I had like a fake rock band that in my head I was telling a story every time I like drew a picture. Yeah. I don't know where any of these pictures went. You know what I mean? But like I drew over the course of whatever year that was, 1993, probably several drawings telling the story of this rock rock and roll musician and like his like that's so cute kind of narrative from like yeah from like being in like a shaggy haired like british rock band <laughs> to like then like an elton john like big sunglasses era yeah and, it, and the same goes with yeah i think like star wars or he-man and like kind of making my own version of that that's so cute <laughs> see i would do this thing where like I read Archie comics and Katie Keene comics, like had so many of these old comic books and I would trace, they had like sort of paper doll insert things, but you couldn't, you didn't really, I didn't want to rip them out of the comic because I didn't want to lose a page of the story. So I would trace them and I would trace their bodies and I would draw my own outfits over them. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be a fashion designer one day. And it was a lot of fantasy. So like this is going to be like their dance camp uniform. Totally. And like making up places they were going. And this is what they're wearing to the governor's ball or whatever. Not knowing what that was. Just had sounded fancy or overheard them saying it or whatever. Somebody say it. I feel like they were always going to the governor's ball in Archie Comics, but probably not. I think that's the Academy Awards. <laughs> but anyway, 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you're right. Like I didn't think of it as like tapping back to a time where I was really so creative and daydreamy, like, right. Which is really fun. Yeah. It's also dark. The other side of it is that it's dark in the sense that it's like, Oh, that means that things after that point were not as fun, which is I think the truth. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, why, why can't I tap into that? fantasy anymore well i can but my super ego immediately shuts it down because it's like well you don't want to be a fashion designer you're not a fashion designer so like don't waste your time don't do that which is what i love talking why i wanted to do this podcast and talk about hobbies because i am interested in the thing that takes us back to giving us joy without any agenda like without having our super ego be like this is a waste of time right don't do it What's the point? It's not bettering your life in any way. It's not, it's not connecting you to anybody. But but like when you, I guess in reference to the topic we're talking about today, like when you, were, when you found the new versions of those two blankets, whatever emotion you got, like fulfillment or just like remember whatever it was like Mm -hmm. that what made it worthy right because like you felt good and like it did take you out of whatever shitty thing you had to think about that day I'm sure yeah totally and I mean a lot of it had to do with the score right so like and that's an older person way of looking at it I'd been looking for them for so long that finally finding them and finding two of them in pristine condition I was like ultimate score felt like a win right which is not a little little kid feeling for me it's maybe more juvenile like 10 middle school sure that's fine like not no judgments on myself but then like inhaling them and and thinking like these are real these were made they weren't just made for me they were mass produced and other people had them did make me feel connected and like okay, somebody's selling them. They never use them, but... You think they were never used? Maybe. Like, they're, they do feel very close to no. pristine. Yeah. So, like, maybe one of them is dead stock. Maybe the other one was very, very gently used. But, like, I like the idea that, oh, these didn't just, like, come to me from outer space like they're a real thing and like maybe somebody else still sleeps with them like totally there's something nice and comforting about not being the only one there's always that feeling of like do you remember this thing ah it's this commercial and you're like trying to describe to somebody and you can't get they're like no i don't know what you're talking about right and then one day maybe you're telling it to you're explaining to somebody and either they know it or they like look up the right thing on youtube and all of a sudden you're watching the clip and you're like Damn, it's been like 19 years since I saw this thing. Yes. And definitely, that has definitely happened to me. And also, the one person who's like, either they bring it up first and you're like, oh my God, I've been thinking about that. And like, no one remembers it. And that person becoming like, you know that they're a homie. I mean, that happened to me once with like the peanut butter solution. Do you own that on VHS? I don't own that. I that's like a se- from a series of like Canadian uh-huh. children films. I have this other like maybe the one that came after that. Was that was the scary? one that like blew up because Peanut- the peanut butter solution was scary. Yes, it's weird. Yes, it's 
Do, what, what's the one that came um, after it? I didn't know it was the, even from a series. The Great Land of Small. Oh, that sounds scary. It is. It's definitely. It's like the imagery is pretty. I really want to see it. Yeah, I love that, and that's something with like Brigsby that I also feel like you really tapped into, like something really scary about the stuff we watched when we were kids. Yeah, I feel like there are certain movies that people will be like, "That was." I mean, I feel like. Return to Oz is one I hear yeah. people talking about. Never ending story. Mm-hmm. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That movie is like, it is kind of a horror movie. <laughs> sure. It, yes. And like tragic. Yeah. Like the horse sinks in the mud. Yeah. It's terrible. The horse is like kicking a lot. Like that's like an awful scene. That I don't think. I, I think every. Know. I feel like anybody who's seen that movie, that scene is. Yeah, it's, it's really just stuck upsetting. in their brain. Yeah, Artex. Yeah, and also like you can't. I was very very frustrated with the never ending story and rewound, rewound the ending so many times because I didn't understand why I couldn't make out what her name was. It's so obnoxious. It's and, the and worst thing that anybody could. do. I remember in the movie. like whenever like the internet became available mm-hmm. maybe i was probably in college realistically maybe i was in high school but like finally being able to look up the name that what is her bastion moonchild i think Stop. it's moonchild really <laughs> so uh, judy really reacted to that i thought that you don't hear it and the whole purpose is that you can't hear it and that it is she's not even saying a real name or well word. it could be now First of all, I could be wrong in the name. This I is what I remember. But like, it could be a scenario where like it says the name in like the novelization of the movie. And so right. like people are like claiming that's what he says. But yeah, it is obnoxious. M- maybe it's arguably good filmmaking because like it, it makes you think like, what the fuck is he saying? It makes you rewind and think you're crazy and turn your volume all the way up. Play it in slow-mo. I mean... To me, I don't think that's good filmmaking. I think that's like, you're frustrating me, and I don't know if it's on purpose, and I don't care for it. But Leslie, you're still talking about it right now. The movie is good for for other reasons. That's the worst reason. Well, I um, there's a, I don't even know if it's good. 
I've not watched it all the way through in a long time. But there, there is a large like um, turtle-like character that mm-hmm. Atreyu hangs out a, with. A, yeah, encounters at some point, and that character is named Morla. Uh huh. And I was gifted a tortoise when I was in like fourth grade, and I, I named it Morla because like it looks like the turtle from Never Ending Story. <laughs> That's so, so we like sweet. put on the video cassette and like fast forwarded to the moment where you meet Morla to figure out what Morla's name was. I want I want to talk about your other hobby, but I also am curious like like what is your favorite VHS that you own that was like either like the deepest cut or like the hardest to find or the thing that really made you feel feelings in your tummy. Totally. Um, Yeah. There are different ones that like mean different things, obviously. Like when I was in college, I found this video prayer bear, which like has Mm -hmm. become very important to me. And it's basically like a Christian kids video with like this kid and his animatronic bear that's like kind of you know giving lessons and you know christian lessons and stuff like that and his dad's like a sing like a kind of a country singer uh-huh but like prayer bear the character like made i one night it was like the end of my senior year in college we put on this videotape and like we smoked hookah <laughs> and uh just i watched this video and i was just like crying as i like laughing and crying and prayer bear was so funny to me he loves like spumoni ice cream and he's like "Mm, let's get ice cream it's just like every i was like it was so demented to me and funny and that was really special because then i I feel like i was like oh this is the type of thing i like and i want to try to find more things like this because it's so specific it's made there's probably like there must only be less than 500 video Mm -hmm. cassettes of this and so that was very special in that regard and i especially like like fucked up religious videos right um but then we're like this is the thing that i want to make yes i want to (laughs) i want people to experience this totally yes which i guess in essence was what our movie was what briggs bear was like attempting to do is like kind of yeah fucked up kids show yeah um but then there are videos like I was as a kid. I was obsessed with um, this live action My Pet Monster video, uh-huh. and that was one that, like, again, like, in, like Wrinkles in Need of Cuddles, was like at the blockbuster, and I would just rent over and over again. Uh-huh. But then it took me a while. I wasn't like eBaying when I was twenty years old because I didn't have any cash, and, right? And, but I would always tell people I was obsessed with it, and. <laughs> Um, my girlfriend at the time got it for me for like a birthday and it was like so special. But then these things, I don't know if you guys have experienced this. It felt like took so long for this thing to reenter my life. But then like a month later I was at a record store and there it was for 50 cents. Yeah. I, that I've had that experience. I can't remember with what specifically, but it is a little weird and annoying. Like, what's going on that this is now popping up right. in the world? Like, what? And is then I, p- the and I pick it up because collective like, unconscious. Oh, yeah. You bought now, it. Yes. Yeah. And the same thing happened with this other video I like a lot Cartoon All Stars to the Rescue. Do you know what that is? Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I want to, I haven't thought of that or seen it in a long time, but I definitely, it's like all um, different 
characters from different cartoons yes. together. Yep. And they like simulcast it. Yeah, so it's like Garfield and the Muppet Babies and the Ninja Turtles. And the whole thing is like a drug PSA. Right. But that was one where like I was that I'm was sure a I that was a free that. rental at Blockbuster. They Whoa. had like any like kind of like I don't know what they called it, like they were like community like Right. Anything with a good message you could get for free. So like that's another one I would get over and over again and then it took a while for it to finally re-enter my life. And then again, like then I saw it at Amoeba not too long after for super cheap. There was definitely a period of time, and I'd say when I was in high school, I was like, oh, I wish I can find this after-school special I used to be obsessed with when I was in sixth grade. I wish I could find this made-for-TV movie. Like, Bad Ronald is a good example. Like, I really... My best friend and I... Have you ever seen Bad Ronald? No. It's... It was a made-for-TV movie about a family who moves into a new house only to discover that there's a boy living in the walls. Sketchy. It's terrifying. (laughs) Bad Ronald. And I couldn't remember it, and I remember explaining it to my best friend Allie and maybe her brother, and we're like, yes, dude, I remember Bad Ronald. And like, this is 1997, 1996. Like, there was an eBay... We couldn't find it anywhere. There wasn't YouTube. Totally. So it was just something that we never thought we would be able to find. Now I think that it's they have it on DVD. Like it's like a thing you can find at Amoeba. Yes. But I, the moment has passed and I haven't bought it. I don't I haven't seen it. Totally. As a child I was nostalgic right. in the sense that like I said my older brothers were into things that like like Transformers was already off the air or whatever by the time I was like of mind. Right. But like we had all the toys at the house and like I could still rent the videos at the store. So like I was like kind of wishing for that stuff to be around. Yeah. But it just made sometimes I think like had we had YouTube in like 1994 we and we could have accessed anything then kind of would have been a different ballgame. Totally. Game. Yeah. I mean, I... I was the same way. I was nostalgic for, I think probably as soon as I was able to remember or see pictures where I was a baby and I wasn't a baby any longer. So like seven, six, seven years old. When you discover that you've lost something and you that you can't get it back. So it's like the first time in your life where you're mourning something. And like Paul and I talk about how when we were little, I would like walk alone on the sidewalk and be like, like look down at my shoes or like be like, I'm so alone (laughs) and nobody understands me. Like we would make up songs about the loss of something and like feeling sad. It's like, like being emotional, being emo because you just are feeling something new or for the first time. And I would miss things that I didn't need anymore. And so there is like a phase when you're, and I don't know how old it is, but when I was probably like five or six or seven wanting to use a bottle again. Oh, sure. Like there's like a regression that kids go through. And I, but I do think that that's wrapped up in like, it was wrapped up with like movies and TV and toys. And I don't know if what it's going to be like with kids now where, where they have YouTube and can just, watch it or tap into it like I have no also 
I re- might remember things from photographs because, oh, I remember that, but do I remember it or is it because I have a photograph that helps me remember it? And I have a lot of photos from when I was a kid, but not as many as Mary's going to have. Sure. Like, she has tons of photos. So if anything, like, kids will be smarter because they'll just remember so much more. Like, it'll be so easy to tap into. Right. Thi- I mean, smarter, I don't know about, but it has to do something with your brain and inflate your brain in a way where you're not searching to remember something because it's there. Yeah, maybe they'll be smarter, but they won't be tapped into like this emotional nostalgic thing that we create from like false memories. So like I have this thing that I remember as far as I know right now, it doesn't exist. I mean, it, it does somewhere, but I haven't been able to find it. It's more the memory I'm attached to totally. than the thing itself. Maybe they won't have that. Like maybe that says something about their imagination or their ability to feel as much as we do, but I don't it's know. It's going to be different. It'll be different, but I don't know if I don't I don't know if it'll be good or bad. Like I don't think that it it all it will always be worse. We're always like, I don't know how it's going to be for kids of this generation. Right. It's going to be so fucked up. But like our parents thought the same thing about us, and like we're fine. Yeah, like everybody will be fine. Everybody's going to be fine. I'm emotionally, sure, like, like I don't know what's going to happen with the Earth, but right. I think also like maybe it'll be nice for for the for the younger people to not have to deal with listening to us talk about like. Uh, do you remember? Um, Robo cats. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be like, yeah. And then they'll just type it in and be like, cool. <laughs> exactly. Remember it. Great. Bye. Um, so I want to ask you, I want to talk about your other hobby, which is skateboarding, which is also kind of nostalgic. Yeah, totally. But and you I, still skate. Uh, I skate. Um, and I, I'm not incredibly active in the way I'd like to be. It was something that I'm from San Diego and it's kind of a skate and surf culture there. Yeah. Um, and it's like when you're in middle school, also that was the mid to late nineties where like everybody, I don't, I imagine it was nationwide, but certainly in Southern California was wearing like skate shoes and skate gear, like shirts. And was it like wake up San Diego style? Inside SoCal? Inside SoCal. Why am I thinking Wake Up? That's another thing. Wake Up San Francisco is maybe the Full House show? No, Inside SoCal. Was yeah, that like, like the style? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like, yeah. Will you guys do that again? How come you don't do it anymore? It's the funniest thing to ever happen. <sighs> Thank you. Um, Leslie is describing a sketch that we do, we do where it's like basically... But like, you did it on SNL. We've done it I maybe three times i don't even know the reason we don't do it anymore is because it's basically bro like san diego or southern california bros like delivering the news but the news is specific to them and their friends but that stuff doesn't like it's not like it crushes it, it like in at 30 rockefeller center you know dude what I mean? it does it crushes for me and i don't have i'm not from san diego and i fully get it and it's so so funny and like i just I get it, but whatever. If it doesn't work for SNL, then it's their loss. So, like, when you skateboard now, like, what kind of outfit do you wear? Just what you're wearing? Well, let me... Okay, sorry. I'll back up just to say that, like, 
so I feel like if you were of if you were fourteen in nineteen ninety seven or whatever, you at least like attempted to skateboard at some point in San Diego. Yeah, and it's also the era of like pop punk, punk, and so all these things kind of meld together. Uh, but like all the small things. Yeah, exactly. Like cool. Blink one eighty two. Yeah, totally. Heard um, that's hot again. Heard that shit's cool again. I do see Blink the name Blink popping up quite a bit. Cool. I was not great. I was not like incredibly athletic generally as a kid. Uh-huh. I always like tried my best, but I knew kids who were really good at skating. I was not that great, but I was always kind of into it. Mm-hmm. And weirdly, like I was into like even then, like eighties skate culture. Like there's that movie Thrashin' and that's mm-hmm. a movie I would rent over and over again. Um Did you have big wheels on and a wide board? I had an I had hand me downs from my brother that were just like kind of yeah, skateboards of the era. I think there's nineties boards though and there's eighties. Yeah, this was nineties. And then but then like later on I feel like somehow I got like a, a true like eighties board uh-huh. maybe at the end of high school. Like I just got it from a friend. But anyway, I was just never that great. But I like liked it as a hobby and I liked sometimes when I'd catch watching clips or anything like that. Yeah, you don't need to be great. Like it's fun. It's fun to skate around. Yeah. And then I almost think it's like cooler to do it and like you don't have to be pro to like or even like good to enjoy doing something. Totally. Though I will say like we're like during my first year at Saturday Night Live, I kind of got back into it in like a more I kind of was like, oh, I kind of want to pursue this. And I have a friend who's a I've got who's a professional skater. What's his name? Richie Jackson. And he, we would go skating all the time, and all of a sudden, like I started getting good, and now I feel like this is has fully, I, I imagine, like kind of aligns with what your what your show is about. But this was a scenario where, like, it was cool because it had nothing to do with comedy, and like it was something that I could feel myself getting better at and progressing, yeah. and like it was just as rewarding, if not more rewarding than whatever like professional things happen. Totally. That's like exactly the thing. I love that. Do you still skate? I do like now maybe like twice a year. I usually like to do it with other people Mm -hmm. and I don't do it really in New York. Like New York is scary to me. People love skateboarding in New York. To me, it's kind of scary. Like just the traffic Mm -hmm. and people love, I think a lot of skateboarders love the maneuvering. Yeah, but do you ever go to skate parks in New York? Because there's I've like all the, the girls on Betty. Yeah. Like they do a lot more like ver- what? Transition. Transition. Yeah, that's what it's called. I should remember that after not working just for like two months. And, <laughs> but they do a lot more transition. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely been to that LES park. It's so loud. But even that's like. I'm not that guy. It's intimidating. Oh, yeah. It's intimidating, but also they're mostly just kids. Right. And some of them are tall and like have their shirt off, but they probably all watch SNL. Like, not that that matters, but like, yeah, that place is intimidating to skate. I mean, I, because I don't skateboard, I think I have like a different way of looking at it, but. It's hard, and I guess when you, like, fuck up and there's, like, tons of people around, it's, like... I kind of need to... Like, I, I skated in a park a year ago with my friend Robert in San Diego. And what I need to do is I need to explore the park and, like, 
figure out, okay, what can I do here? Right. So it takes me a minute to be like, where, what can I do so that I don't feel like a poser or a loser? And so I kind of map out, oh, I could do something fun on this uh, ledge or whatever. Yeah. You should go skating if you ever want to with um, Rochelle or like any of the girls. Cause like I would feel safe skating with them. They're good, but they're not, I mean, they're probably getting better every day, but like, you know, some of them are better than others and they go, they skate LES, but they skate a lot of different places and like definitely not as intimidating as LES. LES is also just like a very grand location. Like it's huge and it's loud and it's big and like they skate lots of other cute spots and, um, if I ever were to skate, I would go with them, not only because I know them, but like they have fun. Like, yeah, no, it seems like it. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be fun. But that's so cool. I hope you still do it. I hope that you continue to do it. I think I will. I think like it, it's, it'll hap- it happens like twice a year. Like I, I went out with, you know, there are some comedians who skate. I went, I skated with Tim Robinson like a couple months ago. I can picture he's, him skating. He's very good. Really? That's the thing is just like, you have to be comfortable. Oftentimes you're going to be in a situation where like people are way better than you and mm-hmm. like you have to be okay with that. Yeah, for sure. And I mean like I like what my hobby, you know, has been painting and like it's different because I don't do it with anybody, but I certainly don't think I'm at a place like there. Everybody, every painter who I like is better than me. And I still like I show them my stuff or whatever. And there's something really freeing about not trying to be the best or totally just going at my own pace that that I really enjoy. Then again, it you're getting just like the feeling of without putting words in your mouth, but like progression or like feeling like I'm be- I'm doing better than I did last time. Right. That's like so powerful. Yeah, and I'm just trying and like I'm not I'm zoning out and just by doing it. Just but just when you keep doing something, you can't not get better at it like as a default. So like the fact that I just enjoy the process. I actually enjoy the process of painting more than I like the more than the finished product. Like I don't I have tons of finished paintings and I, they're just right. throwaways or like I give them away. I guess in order to skate, you'd have to like enjoy kind of fucking up in a way and like getting better or like learning how to do something. But I like that you felt, and we're going to wrap up, but I like that you feel or you felt like as good as anything, as good doing that as you did anything professionally. Like that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, making comedy is uh, it's wonderful that I get to do it and I feel very blessed but like I'm sure if you were to ask other com- I mean like it can be intense and to be around people who make just make comedy is intense and to like have to like force yourself to think in those terms is intense and yeah it's 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 just awesome to have some, something that has fully nothing to totally. do with that yeah, it's really hard work and it is totally awesome that you get to do it, but it it takes some of the fun out of it when you know that totally this is what I do for a living and 
it's not just like doing skits with my friends, which was also really fun for me growing up and something I did all the time that I don't do anymore because I'm not, I can't, I'll take that back. We did it at, was it your birthday party or Fran's birthday party? We did the Spice Girls. And you guys do bad boys. It was Kate's birthday. And I don't know. We did a skit. Yeah. That was the best. But I used to do that shit all the time. And now it's like, well, like not going to UCB. Like I don't want to, I want to perform this for my friends when we're hanging out. Yes. Got to do that more. We should, we should have a talent show. Yes, we should. I think talent show would be fun. I'm sure people have talents that you wouldn't, we don't even know about yet. I play the trumpet. You do? Or I have not played in, I haven't played in a minute, but (laughs) I think I could, does lip syncing count? Absolutely. Sick. Okay. I got a couple ideas. <laughs> I think this is a great, great idea. You're saying with our friends or you want to open it up to like anybody listening. <laughs> Let's start with our friends. Okay. <laughs> and then we'll kind of like brand it and it'll become a thing and it'll like pop up in different cities. And God, this is the best idea ever. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm hungry. We're going to go. My last question. My first question is, what do you wear when you're doing your hobby, which is skateboarding? Some black jeans. I always want to wear some jeans because I don't want to scrape up my knees. Uh Uh-huh. Some sneak, like maybe some Reebok sneakers Mm. and uh, a t-shirt that I'm I'm cool with getting a little dirty. But also like maybe has a cool slogan on it. Maybe something with like Taz on it or something yeah. like that. <laughs> cool. I got some style to it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, um, oh, he's doing his he's doing his own thing. <laughs> he's not good, but he's doing his own thing. <laughs> yeah, he's not. Yeah, it's okay. He can hang out. Right. Yes. My last question is like, is there a, do you have like a fantasy hobby? Like something that you wish you wanted to do? Sure. Cooking would be cool. Like, it's it's like even thinking about it though is stressful to me. Same. I, There's not a podcast I've done where we haven't brought up cooking and how much I hate it. I didn't realize that. Oh yeah, it's one of the main things. This podcast should be just called "Cooking's Not for Me" and possibly not for you. I'm definitely okay with it. Not. There's so many people who like do love it and who are great at it that it's like, oh, I'm okay for that not to be my lane. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any other things that I wish I was good at. I don't know. Like, like a golf? Oh, yeah. That would be cool. What about like camping? Like, right now, I just thought of like camping. See, that's I, not for you. I don't want to listen. I don't, I don't want to get it. I don't want people to get mad at me. But that's I'm I'm not good at that stuff. Paul doesn't like it, and he's I don't think he's good at it either. He doesn't care to be good at it. But like, I just was looking at my fireplace and thinking, I'm not bad at starting a fire. I wouldn't mind being a little bit better at it. Listen, I get it. I'm a connection to nature. That's awesome. And Mm -hmm. kind of like stripping yourself free of um, cell phones and. Oh, I don't care about that. I just like um, all the gear. (laughs) (laughs) 
and like the pops, well, your hobby the jangle of could the pops be, and it, pants. Well, your hobby can be like collecting camping gear. <laughs> and like putting up a tent and having everything, doing everything very efficiently. And Yeah. Not- I feel like if I were to go camping, I would not be the guy who would be putting up the tent. I don't trust myself to be put in charge of that task. Okay. Noted for when we put, do our big camping trip at the end of the summer. That's my new pitch. And the talent show's there. You'll talent never do it. Thing. Most of our friends don't like camping. That's why we don't go. Is it one of those full, like you love it or hate it? Because I feel like you're either super in your... Yeah, I think so. I don't love it. But I anyway, I, I do. I would do it. If like Paul was really into it, I could get behind it. But he hates it. I also wonder, and we, I, I should get going soon, but like from a lot of, I wonder for people who I know who are friends of mine who love camping and love the outdoors, how much of it is though like we're going to do shrooms. I know. It, it does become a whole like we're going camping, who's got the shrooms, which I've been on camping trips before where everybody's done shrooms except for me and it still was really fun. It's kind of way funner without it. Like when people just get like tired and silly and a li- maybe like a little drunk, but not even, I don't know. Like I've, all, I've laughed the hardest not on drugs. I'll say that. But if people want to do shrooms, I'm, I, I am a bit of like a guru. Okay. <laughs> Brag. <laughs> I also, I, I like it when people do shrooms. When, I'm, when I hang out with people on shrooms, people think I'm really funny. So I, I like that. That's cool. Yeah. That's like where my comedy shines. <laughs> I'm standing because I have to pee. We're going to wrap up. Kyle, thank you so much for doing this. Any shout outs? Johnny. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Okay, bye. I love you. Call, love you. you can call our podcast. I don't know the number. Well, I'm too hungry and I have to pee and whatever. We'll talk about it next time. Bye. Want to talk to Leslie about your hobbies? Call our toll free hotline at 844 void. That's 844 844- 370-V-O-I-D. Rate and review Filling the Void on Apple Podcasts. Filling the Void is an Erios original with editing by Tracy Levy and original score by Michael Cassidy. Erios. Powered by ACAST. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.